You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. I want to welcome you today to the podcast. This is episode 100. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes. Um, I really, really enjoy podcasting, so this is a uh, this is a joy. Um, there's you know obviously quite a bit of work involved, but it is completely worth it. And I know that some of you have been benefiting from um, utilizing this particular resource. So thank you for tuning in today. I want to dedicate the podcast to Matt Look. Today is his 40th birthday, and so we say happy birthday to Matt. <laughs> And uh, hope that you have a great, great birthday today. You're officially an old man, 40 years old. That's a milestone in itself right there. Life changes when you hit 40. I don't know what happens at 50. I'll let you know when I get there. But uh, 40, wow. So thank you again for tuning in. What we're going to do is we're going to extract a, um, a thought out of Exodus 15. The title of this I don't know exactly how I'm going to title this when I finish and upload the podcast, but God gets glory in his judgment and his wrath. I said this in my sermon. I want to set this up contextually, maybe for those that tune in that um, aren't with us on Sunday mornings. Um, the thought is, is that God will be glorified no matter what. He will be glorified with a sinner that does not repent and ends up in hell, just as he will with a saint that repents and ends up in heaven. One way or another, God will get his glory. And I know that this is a difficult concept for us intellectually, but I hope to be able to unpack this for you in Exodus chapter 15, because this is very, very important. So God is to be praised for his judgment and for his wrath. We would say his divine justice Let's read Exodus 15, the second half of verse 6 and 7. Actually, I'll just read all of verse 6 and 7. He says, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Here we see an attribute of God, of him being omnipotent, all-powerful. This is, in fact, revealed through one of his divine names, right? El Shaddai. So he's being glorified for being all-powerful. But let's look at the rest of this. He says, your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. So many people, including many Christians, find it difficult to praise God in this aspect, to praise God for his wrath, his judgment, and his justice. In fact, this isn't anything new. Even the ancient rabbis um, speculated if God would have been offended by this uh, particular line from the Song of Moses in the Talmud. Here's a comment that they make. They said, the work of my hands are drowned in the sea and you want to sing songs. And so the question is, is does God really get glory through his judgment and through his wrath? And the answer to this is yes. 
God is so holy that it would not be right for him to tolerate sin. We often miss this point. Because God is good and because God is just, God must punish sin. And so he should be praised for the justice of his wrath. Now, I want you to imagine for a second that you, let's put this in the earthly courts. Imagine that there is someone standing in front of a judge, and he is guilty of murder. And when he stands before that judge, he looks at the judge and he says, what do you have to, uh, uh, the judge looks at the criminal and says, what do you have to say for yourself? And he says, you know what, judge, I, I'm I'm sorry. Um, I'm really a good person. This just was like, this was a one-time thing. I just got mad. I murdered the person. But I've been told that you are a good judge, a loving judge, that you are a merciful judge, that you are a judge of love. So I ask that you not hold this against me. Now, what would you do if the judge said, you know what? I am a good judge. I am a loving judge. I'm going to let you go free. We'll let, we'll let you slide on this one. Would you turn around and say that is a good judge, that that's a loving judge and a just judge? No, we would say this is a wicked judge. And it is in this sense that God cannot tolerate sin. For him to be a good God, a just God, he must punish sin. And then he also must be praised when he distributes his justice, or we would say his wrath. In fact, in the book of Psalms, uh, this is what it says in Psalm 76, 10. Surely the wrath of man shall praise you. With the remainder of wrath, you shall gird yourself. Now, Moses understood this. And we need to acknowledge that in this song, he did not praise God just for the exodus in general. Like, God, I, yes, he's praising God for bringing him out, for delivering the people, but he's also praising God for the death of the Egyptians because it was a demonstration of the justice of God. It was a demonstration of the divine wrath. In fact, in verse number three, it says that the Lord is a man of war. And so Moses is saying that God's war against Egypt was a holy war. It was holy in the sense that no human war could ever be holy. It is holy because God himself is holy. And so in his anger, he does not sin. Here it helps us to understand just how different God's divine wrath is from human anger. You see, we try to impose on God our conception of anger and justice and judgment and wrath. But the main difference is that God's anger is always righteous. Divine wrath is a holy hatred of sin that must punish those who commit sin. Now, I'm going to read you a little excerpt from a theologian. And this is a loaded statement, but listen, listen to this statement. 
the author says this wrath of God is not a vehement, irrational, vindictive, arbitrary, capricious venting of some supernatural spleen. It is the manifestation of the repugnance of a holy God against all who defile, disrupt, and destroy the world that he has made. You know, this is exactly what the Egyptians had done. They had defiled, they had disrupted, they had destroyed what God had made. They were in direct rebellion to the commands of God. And Moses, he does something very interesting to this in this song. He gives us a very, very significant reminder of just how depraved, how, how uh, vindictive, how murderous, how, uh, how they put the people in bondage when he describes them. This is verse 7 now. He describes Pharaoh and his armies being consumed like stubble. I would underline and highlight that little line there in verse 7. Consumed like stubble. Now, the word stubble is a direct echo to the beginning of Exodus. Do you remember when the when Pharaoh made the Israelites gather stubble to use for straw? Because that's exactly what it says in Exodus 5, 12. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And so what Moses is doing here is repeating the word stubble. This is, this is just beautiful. This is his way of saying that, that God gave the Egyptians exactly what they deserved. This isn't karma, the way the world describes it, but this is justice. God's wrath is just as it always is. And in turn, that is worthy to be praised. And you know what? God will be praised this way again at the final judgment. There is a great preacher of times past. His name it was Jonathan Edwards. And he wrote this line. He said, The future punishment of ungodly men is to show the whole universe the glory of God's power. So, folks, God will be glorified. He will be honored. He will be exalted and lifted up one way or another. And so my prayer today is that those of you who are listening, that you wouldn't glorify God in sin any longer. God does not desire to judge. It is, it is not something that he gets pleasure from. In fact, God says that he takes no pleasure from the death of the wicked, but God will be glorified. And so I hope that you would glorify him in the most honoring way by bending the knee to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right now while there is still an opportunity. These same plagues are going to be poured out in his wrath once again. This is described in great detail in the book of Revelation. There is coming a day when God says enough and judgment will come. So, folks, I thank you again for tuning in today. I hope this helps you, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.
Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.